Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Are you on the road? I am on the road. <laughs> like Finally. <Willie> Nelson? <laughs> What's that? What did you say? You said just like Willie. Just like Willie. Yeah. Go on the road again. Yep. <laughs> oh man. It's like a an oven at work today. They oh, really? Have, they have a heating, air conditioning. They have a temperature issue. I just, they can never seem to get it right. Right. So in the wintertime, it's so hot in there, and the summertime, it's freezing. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Why they would? Why would they do something like that? <laughs> it's that hot. I mean, all you have to do is open up the door. <laughs> yeah. The window, I guess. If they're accessible, though. I'm a little lethargic at the moment. I'm trying to wake up. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> well, you can always jump out in the snow and do snow angels. Well, I, I made sure I took the dog, the company dog, out for a walk <laughs> at one point just to cool off. Oh, there's a company dog? Oh, yeah, we have a... Is it, it's like a, it's is like it, a mascot. Like, oh, like a well-being dog, or...? No, it's just a little dog about, like, Mia size. Right. Yeah. So who actually owns the dog? The owner does. So the owner basically brings his dog to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all look after her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good dog. Uh, yeah. She's yappy. She For the most bark. part. Yeah. Oh no, she like she's a good dog. She's she's not a cuddle dog. Oh, okay. No she's she kind of has some, a little bit of attitude. Oh, okay. But you know. She walks around like she owns a place, which is kind of cool. What type of dog do you say? It's like a Maltese type of dog. Okay, it's similar with uh, mom head. It's like yeah. a white fluff ball. Yep. With attitude, yeah. Yep, yeah. with attitude. Lot, lots, of, <laughs> lots of voice. Um, lots of... You... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Lots of what? Lots of attitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet. So can you uh can you pull up our lovely wonder list and uh see where we're uh we had talked about two topics we wanted to talk about last week. We did one of them which was the clocks and the right. batteries. What was right. the other one? Uh, I'm just gonna look it up here. Uh, here's a list. Okay, so the uh, topic now, this was, uh, do you remember what, which one, note, music, note for note or live music? Versus oh, that's what it was, yes, note for note, live music. Versus improvisational jam. <laughs> right. Oh, okay, so yeah, I, this is what I put in here, so what, what, right. what I'm asking is when right. you see a band live. Right. Do you want them to play all the songs you know, note for note, no changes, nothing, just exactly like it is off the album? Right. Or do you like bands that take the song and change it live? They may uh, either change the tempo, uh, they may, you know, um, they may change the length of it, there may be... Uh, added uh, bridges 
in the songs. They might add a bridge, repeat the bridge a couple times, maybe have some uh, audience per- uh, participation parts that they add to the song. So that's that's the improvisational side of it. The reason this came up, the reason this came up, because I was listening to uh, Witch Police Radio, right, and uh, they had an episode with a band called Confucia, right, which I don't know if you recall them or not, but they are a band that we we played the same night with them at the Pyramid Cabaret, and they were uh, one of the one of the favorite bands to potentially win the indie rock competition the okay. year the year we were in it. Right. Um, really nice guys are actually uh yeah, really nice guys. Huh. So what their so their style of music is improvisational and when they actually recorded their songs, they recorded them live. Because they never play the same song twice. That they never exactly the same way twice. Right. It has all the same verses, choruses, but there's always they may decide to jam out a section and make the song ten minutes long, or they may not do that at all. Uh, so, okay. what do you like? Uh, like, so of the two, what do you like to see live in a band? Okay, I like to first off when you listen to the music on the radio, that's that's the music that you think you're going to hear, right? Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't like when you go somewhere and. You know, you hear the uh, the version, the studio version, and they play something that's kind of similar, not quite the same. They don't they, even when they sing, he doesn't either use all the words or he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not even hitting the notes, like the higher notes. He just kind of, you know, I'm just here for the paycheck that deal. Oh but, yeah, the Vince Neil delivery system of uh, vocal. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do like is. If you do go to a concert and they start off the song exactly the same, or the beginning different, but start in the song, don't leave any part of the original uh, uh, studio version of the song out. If you want to extend the bridge, great. Do what you want. You know you're 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 going into exploratory uh, area, um, and then you can play a whole bunch of different things. But then it'll always wind up back at the song, right? Right. Right, so that you don't miss, because I mean, usually when you do them live, you usually extend them anyways, right? Oh yeah. Just the endings well, alone with the drums and everything, da, 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 like you know. But not, yeah, but not every, not oh yeah, for the ending of the song. Yeah, we we were uh, we had that issue in um, one of our bands where we could never end the song. <laughs> but uh, that's for me. That's that's what I like. Uh, you listen, you know, either it starts off, and you're not too sure what the song is yet. You know, yeah. it's all like synthesizers or whatever, because this is like I'm thinking like '80s rock. You know, that yeah, yeah. keyboards was pretty much a staple. Um, and then once it would come into the song, we'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, that that's how it starts on the on the record." And that's how you raises, I guess it raises anticipation when they do it that way. They're like, "What's this? What the hell is this? Yeah. It sounds sounds kind of cool." Well, especially before Google, if you if you you know if you wanted to go and you wanted to be a surprise of what the set and what the first song was going to be that they start with, then yeah, that would work. Okay. What are you doing? <laughs> what the, you're hearing the bang bang bang? Yeah. So that's my um, I have a tailgate on this thing or not a tailgate? Right. Um, uh, which I'm gonna call it? Well, oh, a it's a windshield wiper. It's the rear windshield wiper? 
No, no, it's the 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 the, the hitch. The hitch is removed and it's in the back on top of my spare tire. Oh, I see. Yeah, there's so no com- there's no specific compartment for it. Okay. <laughs> I should probably take it out because the chances of me using it when I'm suddenly on the road and suddenly having to use it pretty minimal. Uh, yeah. Or do you have, does your seat thing come down where you can put something under the seat? Uh, well, it's it's in the compartment where the spare is. Oh, and okay. It's, yeah. It's got a jet with a bunch of foam. <laughs> yeah. I could do that. Yeah. yeah, so like there's a so in terms of improvisational stuff, like there's bands like there's bands like Led Zeppelin where they you know, routinely would take a song, stretch it out, could be a twenty minute version of Stairway to Heaven or something. Right. And um what I, I think what I like like I in retrospect, I I really enjoyed Confucia. Because that's you know that's what they're doing it. When you and I were, when you and I jam, we generally go off of each other, and I think that chemistry. When you're like as a musician, just playing as a musician, when you and I are playing together, and I feel like you're like, no, I'm not done playing this section. I want eight more bars. So I know you're going to do it. Like I know when you're going to do it. Right. And, and I think conversely, sometimes I would egg you on as the drummer to like, you know what? I'm really digging what you're laying down here. Let's keep going. Like right. we always had those, I don't know, those cues to know when to continue and to go on. And I think when you see a band live that has a chemistry like you and I have, right. and then and then they're just they're like, wow, this feels good. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I think I, I like that. You're not changing the song, per se. You, you know, you still have your verse, you still have your chorus. You know, you're not changing any of that. Right. It's still the same song. But at least if you're seeing a band live and they're changing the song, it's not something you're going to get at home listening to the record. Because otherwise, you could just stay home and listen to the record. Right. So it's nice to get a little bit of, uh, a little bit peppered in there to make it a little more interesting. Right. Now there's some bands that completely reimagine the song. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of any off the top of my head, where they'll literally take a, a a ballad and rock it up, and it's not a ballad anymore, or or the reverse. They'll slow the song right down. You know, a I've rock. Seen that. And I think sometimes that, it works, sometimes it doesn't. Kind of all depends on the song. There's a there's a band I listen to. They're called uh, Sixteen Horsepower, and they're kind of okay. like they're kind of like um, a down south kind of hillbilly music, I guess. I, I don't know what their proper term would be, but it's like banjos and um, uh, I think they also play like tin cans and stuff like that. I think right. like the old, old schooly you know instruments. You, you see people playing down in the bayou, and uh, they never play the songs the same way live. They might slow it down, but then they might, you know, they might add an instrument in there that makes a a, a mournful song more mournful. 
or an upbeat song a little faster, they might add a percussion to this song, or they might add a fiddle to that song. Just more layers to it. Like I, I like little things like that. And in fact, with 16 Horsepower, I do have one of their albums at home. And um, uh, one of the guys at work turned me on to the live album. Mm-hmm. And the live versions of the songs are way better than the album versions. Wow. Now, here's here's the biggest here's the biggest one. Is uh, you're familiar with Kiss Alive, obviously. Yep. It's a great album, right? Right. Very enjoyable. But if you listen to the studio versions of those songs, they're they're not the same. They they sped up the time. The drummers added in a few little things here and there. There might be right. a couple of licks that Ace you know that Ace throws in. They right. might extend a bridge on the live version. The, right. the album versions are pretty static. You can tell they weren't recorded off the floor. They're probably recorded one track at a time. Very very um, not flat but dry. Sterile. <laughs> Sterile. Yeah. Like, hey, we've done these songs a thousand times live. Oh, we're doing them in a studio now. Well, when the four guys aren't playing together, it might not be as interesting. The chemistry. Yeah. It's all up to the drummer to carry that chemistry over as the first guy doing the track. Right. Like, laying down the first track. So, they changed it live, and their live album, most of the versions on a live are far better than the studio versions. Right. Extended guitar solos, you know, things like that. Right. Well, the live version of of yeah of the studio version is always usually a little bit well, I'd say better, but there's more feeling to it because yeah, because everyone's in the same room, they're feeding off you know the audience. It's not just you know you have to self motivate yourself when you're in the studio, but we have all that stimuli around you. <laughs> oh yeah. It just comes natural. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of listening to Kiss, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That's it makes it makes a big difference. There's there's other bands where you listen to like um, I was listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and listening to Mother's Milk, which okay. is the first album they had with John Frusciani, and okay. he was the he was the guitar player that was also on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was their biggest album that had Under the Bridge on it and all this stuff. But on the album before that. Like those album versions, like th- those those feel like jams. Like there's so much fun, there's so much energy. Sounds like it was recorded off the floor, but it's it's just it just you can't help but tap your feet, right. kind of dance in your chair. Like it's just infectious. <laughs> so like, when I see a band live, if if they're gonna improve a song like like the way Kiss did maybe speed up the song a little bit, you know, or whatever. Like, right. like I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. But there's also a lot of bands put out the radio edit version of a song. Then they have the album. No swearing. <laughs> yeah, with no swearing. Um, and then there's the radio, yeah, there's the radio edit, and then there's the album version. And those are usually different. They'll cut the verses down. You know, oh, we need this down into three minutes and 26 seconds. So they'll cut shit out. Um, a, good, a good example of that is, uh, I don't know if you know the song uh, Creep by Radiohead. Creep? 
creep, yeah. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. I uh, probably like, heard it. <laughs> yeah, it was their biggest song. So, um, the radio version, so the, the album version of the song, the lyric is, uh, you're so fucking special, I wish I was special. Right. And then the album version is, uh, sorry, the, uh, the radio version was, you're so very special, I wish I was special. Doesn't mean the same thing. Doesn't mean the same thing. And I, the radio version of the song loses me. It, the song doesn't mean anything anymore. Or like, did, they, did they correct it on the live version? Oh, no, live they played the right way. Like, they play, they throw in, they do throw the F-bomb in, in the live version. They do the album version. They, they do not do the radio version. Right. But some people that don't know Radiohead, oh, they know that song because, I mean, it was, you know, a lot of people consider them a one-hit wonder because of that song, and a lot of people know them because of that song. Right. But because of the radio version. So when they hear the version with the F word, it's like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> but they also interpret the song in a different way because the lyrics in the song all lead to that line, which is powerful. Like when he says, you're so fucking special, it, if you're so very special, it's, oh, you're so special. But when you say you're so fucking special, right. it can be taken as irony, uh, sarcasm, uh, anger, um, or you're just really hot for that person. Like, there's so many ways to take it. When you that's, just because, say that's because the word can be used as a noun, a verb, an action. Like, it, it, there's... <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah it, that's, it just it, accentuates. It, yeah. But the way he sings the song, and because he says that in the chorus, I like the what my interpretation, and that's just my interpretation, maybe that's not their intent, is, oh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, she's so fucking special. Like it's almost he's in love with this unattainable person and she's so fucking special and it's almost that sort of why am I so obsessed with you? Why do I want to be with you? Why do I like you so much? Why do I want you to just talk to me so bad? It it's almost a negative connotation versus you're so very special. It makes it makes him come off as a total loser if he says you're so very special. But if he says you're so fucking special, it shows that he's inwardly reflecting on how he feels about himself and how he feels about her and his own self-esteem as it relates to her. Right. If he just says so very special, it's just kind of one-dimensional lyric. Yeah, he's accentuating it with, with, the, new, with the new lyrics, so that's... He's, he's he's bumping it up a notch, I guess you could say. Yeah. And that's why uh, lyric writing is so important in a song. Like, it's... Well, see, that, that's that's where I... You know what? Like you were saying, some people can, can take a song and say, you know, it's about this, or someone else will take the song and they'll say, well, it's about that. So mm -hmm. individualized. Uh, and we spoke about this before. I, I don't really even listen to the lyrics. I've only actually only listened to the lyrics now on some songs uh, because back when we had rock and AM radio, 
half the time you couldn't make out it wasn't as clear as it is now. Oh yeah, true. And well, even now, I mean, it's kind of hard to distinguish the lyrics some sometimes. But uh, but yeah, just lately I've been you know listening to lyrics of songs and oh well, that's what that was about. Okay, well I <laughs> I, I just I just hum the song thing you were right and just hum hum it type thing, but you don't yeah. know what it's about. Yeah. Has, has that ever happened where you're like? You finally listen to the words and go, "Oh my God, I'm offended," or "I don't not like offended. the song as much." No, no, I'm not like... offended. More, more so, like just like a, I don't know, like a love song, for example. <laughs> you listen to the lyrics and you go, "Oh, that's what that was about." Yeah. I didn't, you know, really know about it. Know what, what it was about, but yeah, different. So you like the live version. I do like a live version with some, like, if it's just note for note, I'm not that interested in seeing the band. Okay. Like, I mean, I like I am, maybe a first time, but for repeated concert goings, if I'm going to go see the same band over and over again, right. um, like, like I go see Guar, like, that's a band I see over and over and over again. Because, Bora? what's that? Bora? Guar. Oh, Guar, sorry, yeah. Guar, yeah. Like I'll see, like I see them repeatedly because the show is always different. A, there's always um. I mean, the, the songs are more or less the same, but they do have extended versions where they're, you know, where, where they murder people on stage, pretend well, to murder yeah. people. You know, they they murder um. They murder you know. popular people on stage. They assassinate them for their sins. Right. So so basically, the show don't wear your good clothes. <laughs> no, I do, within yeah. the first twenty rows or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've had stuff permanently stained from choir shows. That's for sure. But I mean, but then you know they may extend a section because okay, well now we're doing a little bit of theater here. We're gonna have music playing in the background while the theater's going on. Um, right. And they may you know they may nail down a really good groove in a particular song. And extend that groove, and extend the part, and then you know use it to help storytell, which which is really interesting, as opposed to just playing the song, letting the song speak for itself. They're extending the song in order to to say you know to tell some extra theater, because yeah. really that's what Guar is. It's it's heavy metal theater with lots of uh, things being sprayed into the crowd. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. I've seen a band, a few bands live, and note for note, and it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to see them again. It's you like I, I, I know the show is going to be exactly the same the next time I see them. Exactly. Right. So like the Reverend Horton Heat's like really fun to see. Like, there's always there's a few spots he has in every show, but right. he also has he does do he does ad lib. And, I mean, he's been playing with the same, like, one of the guys in the band, I think he's been in the band for 25 years or whatever. So those two guys have a chemistry together that's, you know, off the charts. Like, they can always riff off of each other, and sometimes they'll they'll do some improvisation back and forth because they know each other that well. Like, they know they can do that. So, right. you know, and it's entertaining as hell. Huh. But, I mean, if they just, you know copy and paste, you know, the album, it's, it has less energy. Well, that's true. And and, if it, and if, 
take off. No, no, it's totally exactly the same. Then, no, I guess it doesn't really appeal because you could just be listening it to in your car, I guess. Yeah. But that's but that's where you have the live version that they do all the changes within it, so that it extends the song. That way, you get your dose of, you know, oh, that's the song, and then you get a dose of, oh, they put this in here. Well, where did that come from? <laughs> And then when you listen to the, the studio version again, it's like, whoa, I kind of like the live version better because there's all this extra stuff in it. Yeah, like Gord Downey used to do it. There's uh, there's one song in particular, uh, the name's escaping me at the moment, but there's one song where he had, uh, where Gord Downey would do an improvisational story. He would tell a story in the middle of the song. Right. And you never knew what the story was, where it was going to go. Sometimes he made, like, I don't think it was rehearsed. He was just making up a story. So you don't know where he's going to go with it. So then it's like, oh, my God, well, this is that song. He's going to tell a story, and I don't know what the story is. And it's, like, funny and anecdotal and scary or, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just cool. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, w- I wish, like, in Dome we could have been a bit more improvisational. A bit. I think we wrote improvisationally, like Alex would bring stuff in and we would write improvisationally a bit. Well, I mean, if but, you had the sequence of, of things there, but when you're, when you're doing the you know, 12 bar blues, it's pretty much, you know, you know where you're going to go and what, you know, what notes are coming up next. Whereas uh, the, the other type of music is kind of hard to say because it wasn't following a particular format like that. Yeah, true. But but yeah, you could definitely riff, you know, with with the song, a little bit differently than what the original one is. And sometimes when you play it enough times after the studio, you start start to take on the, those extra things as you know what this sounds better. And then yeah, like, you just keep playing it that way. Yeah, like breakdown. I think we were at the end before we uh, put the album out. Breakdown was evolving because I know it was a, a not as favorite song within the band, but it is my favorite song on the album now because of what we were doing with it at the end. We were adding a few changes and we made a, right. you know, <clears throat> and, um, did some stuff, you know, just that are off the wall, kind of different than what we were done. You know. Yeah. And you know, it's like if a song isn't good enough, you can still play with it to try to make it better or put changes on it. And I think we were never totally happy with that song. But I think we needed to change it live, and I think it would have been fun to do a few songs that way where, you know, let's change it up a bit live. If people have heard us a few times, let's bring something else to the table on it. Like, let's add a section. Like, I think, um, um, this is not an exit. Is that the one where you guys have a, it's not a jam, but you and Oli had a jam. Uh, it was in a couple songs where it's just you and Oli, and it just felt good. It felt like a jam. It felt not unrehearsed, but yeah. you know, like little things like that are fun. Mine was mine was like a groove. Yeah, it was a groove. <laughs> some type, yeah, some type of a groove. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm home, sir. Um, okay. So, just as a spoiler, um, that day seems to be good for you, me, and Corey for studio okay. time. Okay. Um, I want, that's the day I want to bring in uh, Paulo and JP. Are we okay to do that? Uh, sure. I know it'll be tight for room, but we'll all be around the table. 
and then okay. uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep we'll keep their time tight, so they're yeah. in and out, and then maybe we could do another one just you know you mean Corey, but okay. um, they want to talk. Uh, Paulo had done some research on Sweden. He wanted to talk about Sweden, so he actually did a bunch of research, Perfect. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Sweden surge that we had, um, and then um, they, they want to talk classic '80s wrestling. Sure. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but I mean, Paulo Paulo is entertaining. Right. He's very entertaining and he's very funny. Uh, him talking about anything is usually hilarious. If he right. wants to talk about '80s wrestling, I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. I can but, I can see this working very well. I can, yeah, I can I, see it now. I can picture it. Oh yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to be funny, and he's going to be riffing off of JP, who's a right. big wrestling nut. Right. But um, their chemistry together is pretty good, so I'm, I'm very eager. Uh, so I've I got Paulo in. I'm just trying to get JP nailed down for that date as well. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm going to head in. All right, then. See you on the flip side, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. See ya. See ya.